Good morning. I'm James Homan from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 22nd. In today's news, survivors of the Florida shooting clash with Marco Rubio during a town hall. Paul Manafort may be offered a banker a White House job in exchange for loans. And the U.S. women's hockey team wins the gold. But first, the big idea. President Trump is trying to show empathy for gun violence victims, but don't expect him to cry. I hear you doesn't come naturally for Trump. That's why an aide jotted those three words down on a note card, which he held yesterday during a 70-minute listening session at the White House with students, parents, and teachers who've been impacted by gun violence. The president traveled outside his comfort zone. Uncharacteristically, he listened patiently as critics prodded him to do more. Sitting in a circle, he nodded frequently during a wide-ranging conversation. While he never actually said, I hear you, he worked hard to convey that sentiment. It was a rare, successful effort to modulate and show some range. All I can say is that we're fighting hard for you and we will not stop. We will not stop. We're going to get there. And I just grieve for you. I feel so, it's just, to me, it could be nothing worse than what you've done, bro. Trump's alpha male brand is built around projecting toughness and strength. But braggadocio becomes a liability against the backdrop of tragedy when Americans yearn for their leaders to show that they feel their pain. Through tragedy after tragedy, empathy has been a quality clearly missing from Trump's reactions. He's focused on first responders rather than victims. He's joked around when he probably should have been somber. He attacked the mayor of San Juan, Puerto Rico for not being appreciative enough for the work he had done after a hurricane ravaged her island. Through it all, it's been clear that expressing that he feels others' pain just isn't his strength. But 13 months in, the president is finally learning that a big part of this job is responding to disasters, massacres, and assorted catastrophes. And there's value in being a little humble. But there are limits on how much empathy he can show, and maybe more importantly, how long he can show it. Who knows what he'll tweet today, for example. Two years ago, almost exactly, Barack Obama unveiled executive actions on guns in the same room where Trump spoke yesterday because the Republican-controlled Congress had blocked his push for new laws. Tears began streaming down Obama's face as he talked about the kids who had died at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. Many conservative commentators ridiculed the president for crying, and Jimmy Fallon asked Trump amidst the kerfuffle if he had ever cried. Yeah, the businessman quipped, when I was one, I cried. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida went further than he ever has before in showing support for new gun control measures during a televised town hall last night. His promises, however, weren't enough for some of the survivors and the families of the victims of last week's shooting in Parkland, Florida. Fred Gutenberg, whose 14-year-old daughter Jamie died in the shooting, confronted Rubio. Now, I think what you're asking about is the assault weapons ban. Yes, sir. So let me be honest with you about that one. If I believed that that law would have prevented this from happening, I would support it. But I want to explain to you why it would not. Senator Rubio, my daughter, running down the hallway at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas was shot in the back with an assault weapon, the weapon of choice. Yes, sir. Okay? 
It is too easy to get. It is a weapon of war. The fact that you can't stand with everybody in this building and say that, I'm sorry. Meanwhile, the Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel clashed with NRA spokeswoman Dana Lesh, who was also at the town hall. She said her group would oppose putting new age restrictions on firearm sales because it would, quote, punish law-abiding citizens for the evil acts of criminals. The main thing under consideration right now is raising the age that you can buy an assault-style rifle from 18 to 21, which is the age that you have to be to buy a handgun. The audience often applauded Israel for clashing with the surrogate for the gun rights group. Earlier in the day, Israel had said he would begin deploying more deputies with rifles on school grounds, but he also advocated for, quote, sensible gun control. The anger following the shooting shows no signs of abating. Thousands of Florida high school students and protesters rallied at the state capitol in Tallahassee yesterday. They chanted, face us now, and demanded that lawmakers take action to curb the sale of assault rifles. Some Republicans suggested they might be open to it. Number two. Special counsel Bob Mueller's team is investigating whether former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort promised a Chicago banker a job in the administration in exchange for as much as $16 million in home loans. NBC reports that Manafort received three separate loans in December 2016 and January 2017. The Chicago banker Stephen Kalk was seeking to become Trump's army secretary at the time the loans were made. These loans were questioned by officials at his bank. A source said that at least one bank employee is cooperating with investigators. In related news, new criminal charges were filed against Manafort and his deputy Rick Gates. They're under seal, so we don't know exactly what they are. And Mueller's team will interview former Trump campaign aide Sam Nunberg later today. Number three, U.S. women have finally broken Canada's stranglehold on Olympic hockey gold. The United States and Canada played to overtime last night, which then turned into a wild shootout. Team USA won 3-2, their first win since the 1998 Winter Games. Canada's won every gold medal since then. The Americans have surged in our medal count as the games draw to a close. Some of our recent medalers include David Wise, who defended his gold in the Olympic freestyle skiing halfpipe event. And Jamie Anderson won silver in the women's big air competition. She's now the first female snowboarder to win two medals at a single Olympics. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 22nd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. If you're looking for another podcast to check out, try Edge of Fame from WBUR and The Washington Post. National arts reporter Jeff Edgers paints intimate, surprising audio portraits of actors, musicians, and comedians, from beloved performers you think you already know to up-and-comers bursting onto the scene. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.